And I said, if I had this, this is the dream I had of starting a rental photography studio. I go, I don't want to chase the people that want pictures. I want to turn all these photographers in Utah, all these mom togs into my client. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Damage Plan Insurance. Damage Plan Insurance is your local insurance company that will always make sure of two things, that you have the correct coverage and that you're paying the least amount possible for those coverages. Zach is a really good friend of mine. In fact, he's been on the podcast before. I use all of my insurance through him and he's done a wonderful job. So give Zach and his team a call today, 385-243-2900. Again, that's 385-243-2900. Or you can find him on all social media under Damage Plan Insurance. Make sure that you're paying the least amount possible for the most coverage. So give Damage Plan a shot and it'll be the best decision you've ever made. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed your week so far. I have one heck of a guest for you today. But before I do that, before I introduce my next guest, I wanted to make sure that you guys are following the podcast either by subscribing to the newsletter, which you can do on daltonkjensen.com, or if you're subscribed to the text community. I would love it if you did both. But if you want to text me, it's podcast to 801-441-3705. Again, that's 801-441-3705. Text word podcast to get exclusive offers from our sponsors, awesome motivational texts, and you'll stay up to date with all things The Thinking Project right from the convenience of your phone. So with all that being said, let me introduce my next guest, Scott Snedden, who is a retired Air Force Special Forces uh, veteran. He is the owner of Wasatch Prince, Utah Laser Pro, and a local real estate agent. On top of all of that, he's a huge proponent of small businesses and supporting local. And that's what we got to dive into uh, in this conversation. It was absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. Just like I love every guest, because it's a real treat. Uh, this podcast is, is a real treat for me. I hope you guys enjoy it. So with all that being said, and without further ado, Scott Snedden, thank you so much for listening and make sure you share this with your friends and leave a review. Welcome everybody. This is Don Jensen and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. All right. Here before we do this. Oh, go ahead. No, <laughs> you, hey, you can do whatever you want on this, man. Uh, I'm, wearing my favorite, I'm wearing my favorite shirt tonight just for this podcast. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I had to be sporting this one for sure. <laughs> well, good for you, man. I, I like that, though. So first, Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's. Uh, we're doing this podcast. That, this will be released sometime in January. But um, but I'm glad we got to do this because I was on your podcast recently, uh, your your brand new podcast. Um I got to see your shop before they put the laser in there, but I see the laser behind you, man. That laser looks great. So, uh, and I know you do a lot of things. You have the, the laser pro you have, um, you're, you're a real estate agent. You got a lot of things going, but tell us like, uh, what you got all going on right now and how that's going for you. You know, right now I am a half owner of Wasatch Prince. It's a company it's a company that I founded about seven years ago, and it's more from DIY photography to DIY photography and printing to Wasatch Prints. Then me and my business partner came together. And so we have a full service print shop. And when I mean full service, 
I don't send stuff out. We do our own screen printing. We do our own embroidery. We do our own oh, large wow. format printing. We do, we make our own signs. You know, we have a big production printer um, that's rated for 750,000 prints a month. So we do our own business cards, our own flyers, our own brochures, our own. If we, Really, if I don't do it, 90% of the time I don't sell it. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool, man. Um, so you got watch size prints. Then you have Utah Laser Pro. And I believe you, you run that. You do that with your wife. Your wife owns it. Yep. You do that with your wife. So right now, Utah Laser Pro is our newest endeavor. What you see behind me, that's the big blue beast back there. Um, you know, laser engraving has always been something that's been really interesting to me, you know, being able to do tumblers and glasses and, you know, even custom designs on weapons, you know, it's really, it's a rabbit hole that you can go down in so many different directions. Um, (laughs) when we went down to the factory that sells the thunder lasers is the brand that we went with. Um, the, the weirdest thing they were cutting fabric. And that's what they actually oh, wow. used three of these machines for. It was a big quilting company and they cut tons of fabric to customers. And then uh, one of the other people that were looking at buying one um, did custom cake toppers. So they were able to cut mirrored acrylics to do gaggy type of cake toppers. And it just, you know, kept on hitting me in my mind, all these different things. So I thought it was a really neat idea. My wife, a uh, bless her heart, much nicer person than me. Um, has been in business with me, but once I had a business partner, she's been more out of the loop. She wanted to re-enter the workforce and we just sat down and, you know, we prayed about it and said, do we go work for somebody else or do we find something that works for us? Hmm. The, the laser became just a really good option. And so we're going to run with it. I just got it in Monday, uh, got it set up Tuesday, played with it. <laughs> A little bit yesterday and, uh, you know, just fine tuning everything, but it, it, it's a super neat business. That is cool. And what made you pick? I know, I know you kind of told me about how like the laser came in to be in the shop, but how did you, what was the laser? What was the idea for the laser business? Like, was, have you guys heard about it before? Have you done it before? Was it something you saw? Like, how did you come up with that? You know, being a print shop, we get a lot of people that want like wooden business cards. So stuff like this. Yeah, those um, are you know, then they want metal business cards. You know, this one's made out of aluminum and they oh, want cool. all these things. And, you know, up until now, we've had to send them out. Um, you know, we did. Uh, I'm looking around my shop, everything that I've laid around here, <laughs> you know, like slate coasters that you can actually engrave into rock. I, oh, you know, wow. the, the concept to it just blows me away. So all these different things. And we have a lot of companies that come to us and say, we need swag and giveaway items. Well, not Mm -hmm. everybody wants to hand out a hundred dollar jacket or, you know, a $20 (laughs) hat. So we're, we're sitting there looking, what was some other options that we could do? So coming into the laser realm, I know other people that have done it, but their costs just were really high. It was kind of prohibited as a company to try to take their retail costs and turn around and resell it. And it goes mm. back into saying, if I don't, if I don't make it, you know, I don't want to depend on other people if I put my name behind it. Yeah. So this just came, I, I saw it was a natural fit with our print shop. You know, we already have a client base of business to business sales. 
Um, currently, we have about 1,600 customers in the last year and a half in our database. So mm-hmm. we, we have a natural client base that will con- be a consumer for a lot of this product. And it just came time where I kind of put my money where my mouth was. It's, and where I say, if I don't make it, I don't sell it. I decided mm-hmm. to build a new shop <laughs> and buy all the equipment. So you know, make it, man. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this. I'm pretty excited about it. That's really cool. Yeah, it, it's a really great uh, way to kind of reach out to business owners and give them another option. Because you're right. When you said a lot of people don't want to buy the hundred dollar jackets, I was like, yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> but you want to do some kind of like thing for your clients, maybe, uh, or your employees, maybe give them something cool. Uh, to show off in their house or something. That's really awesome. And then, so you have that, you have those two things going on. Um, what made you get into business in the first place? Like, I know you're retired Air Force. Um, tell us about like that transition from from maybe Air Force to entrepreneur, or was it like a natural, you know, because I actually know a lot of military, you know, servicemen and women who naturally kind of transition into this entrepreneurial realm. But I'm curious what that was like for you. It's because we're sick of being told what to do. Is the <laughs> you know, that's fair. You that's know, fair. I was I was a military policeman for almost 21 years in two different branches. Okay. I served 10 years in the Army as an MP and 11 years in the Air Forces Security Forces. You know, been deployed, been all over the world, been in you know, literally every war from 1988 to 2011. I've been in every conflict. So. Oh, wow. You know, when I, when I got out of the service, I was one of the guys, I didn't want to go back and work for the government. I didn't mm. want really anything to do with the military. I, w- I was burned out. I was, I was tired. Um, yeah. I didn't want to do anything with law enforcement. A lot of my buddies went into the marshals and stuff like that. I just, you know, I was sick of looking at everybody as a bad guy. So when I got out, I was kind of like, what do I need to do when I grow up? So I, w- I went out and I actually worked for a pest control company. I made jokes. I go, at least I get to shoot something these days. Um, I did that, made a, made really good money, tried to buy a house. And she said, you couldn't buy a house because it was commission. I'm all like, I don't sell anything. They give me jobs. Yeah. I go do it. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. So they wouldn't give me a loan. Uh, so I went over and I drove a cool. bus for UTA. And that was kind of, I always joke, it's like, who's getting on, who's getting on, who's getting off, getting off. And I just did my own thing. <laughs> but the hours really sucked. So I sat there and I've been doing semi-professional, professional photography by that point for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, right, over, yeah. I went over and managed a portrait studio for Target Portraits. And that, that was really fun, but I didn't have a really fun boss. Um <laughs> You know, here I was a combat vet. I had, I met all the the stats and she kept on trying to treat me like I was a 19 year old girl. And I'm just like, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> so I, I had yeah. the, you know, kind of like tonight I was, I was sitting there drinking a beer and uh, <laughs> me and my, me and my buddy. And I said, if I had this, this is the dream I had of starting a rental photography studio. I go, I don't want to chase the people that want pictures. I want to turn mm. all these photographers in Utah, all these mom togs into my client. Yeah. And yeah. so many people in Utah don't understand or didn't understand uh, studio photography. So I opened up, which ended up being one of the largest rental photography studios in Utah. 
Uh, we had, I was teaching professional photographers how to do studio lighting. I was holding classes. I mean, we held one class wow. and we had 160 people show up to the course to learn oh, photography. Wow. So I, I was I was teaching a lot of photography. It's been a passion of mine forever. Um, so then that got me into the rental studio, and that's how my entrepreneur bug uh, kind of bit me. We weren't making a ton of money with it. My wife tried to go to work for a year. Um, mm. I had a two-year-old and a three-year-old at home trying to run a business. I almost <laughs> lost my daughter on the first day, so I wasn't doing good in the baby the babysitting apartment. Sure, and sure, I, sure. You know, and it kind of it flourished from there. I had all these photographers that uh, wanted prints, and I called a local business. And I said, hey, I got all these professional photographers. What type of deal can you give us? And they're yeah. like, oh, we're sorry. We don't give any deals. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tranquility and Roses. Tranquility and Roses offers intention candles. So everything from self-love to abundance to prosperity to passion to alignment and gratitude there's a candle for everyone and everything in your life. They're made with natural soy wax that is eco-friendly and natural oils safe for the family. And the benefit, they have a burn time of about 30 hours. What are you waiting for? You can use code the thinking project for 20% off your first order. Go to tranquilityandroses.com. Again, that's code the thinking project for 20% off your first order at tranquilityandroses.com and it'll be the best decision you've ever made. I said, congratulations, you made your number one competitor. So I bought, I bought my first printers. Um, and in about a year, they went out of business. And so yeah. we got into photography printing. I became a premier photographer printer for everybody around oh, here. Wow. And then um, I got into sublimation printing where it's taking pictures and putting them on the metal. Uh, and mm. I became one of the biggest metal printers. And so photographers that were putting up their stuff into galleries and Jackson hole and in California mm -hmm. and all these other places, Yeah, they were coming to me to do their prints. And so that became really fun. And then, so that's what kind of got me into the printing and with sublimation, you could do t-shirts because you can supplement on hundred percent polyester. So I started doing that. And then that just rolled into the apparel side where we did more and more. And then I bought my first two embroidery machines. Um, and that oh, wow. just went like wildfire being able to do embroidery. I brought in another screen printer. I shut down the photography studio, brought in a screen printer to work with me. So we were all under one roof. Um, and he just didn't meet my standards. So mm -hmm. we ended up going out. We were going to drive to California and buy out a screen print shop. And I found somebody local that wanted to, to kind of close up shop. So we bought out their stuff and, uh, you know, it was crazy. The first week I was learning screen print, I had ink up in my eyebrows all over my <laughs> arm. You know, it, it wasn't, it, I knew I wasn't going to be the one, but like anything I do, you know, even if I'm not going to be the primary person doing it inside my heart and soul, I have to become the master of it. So yeah. I sat there and really learned that we found an amazing guy named Cade. Uh, he was laid off due to COVID from a screen print shop. We brought him on to ours. So why other companies were letting people go, we were hiring. Um, yeah. And our screen print started going crazy, full-time position. Our embroidery was going crazy, full-time position. We have a graphic artist on staff, which is a full-time position. Um, and so that just, 
that went absolutely haywire, but was with screen print there, there's a lot of setup with that. Yeah. So we ended up dumping like $23,000 when we brought a direct to garment printer. So then we oh, could do wow. shirts like this where we could do one offs and it was super, super cool. And that went off like wildfire. So now we're doing <laughs> direct to garment printing, screen printing, embroidery, vinyl, vinyl transfers, large format. Man. And it's just like, I walk into our warehouse and it's just like, everybody's gamefully employed and just doing what they need to do. And, you know, I, I just went <laughs> back and I said, you know, I take this as a blessing because I'm able yeah. to help other people provide for their families. Um, we've created a really good work atmosphere. We treat everybody like they're, you know, like our kids. Lee's my business partner. And we're like <laughs> almost two old guys that are married. We complete each other's sentences, you know. But we <laughs> wanted this atmosphere of that we loved our employees more than we love the bottom line. And we yeah. wanted to take care of everybody. So it's it's just been one hell of a ride. We've had a lot of fun with it. And uh I, I couldn't be any more blessed than I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's a, that's one of the cool things about being able to write your own check, being able to do, you know, do what you want to do. And that's really cool that you're able to uh, do a lot of those things. And as an entrepreneur, that's kind of like what our whole goal is, right, is to build the economy, to come through and do all of these things. And uh, I really like that transition from from the Air Force to to being an entrepreneur. And and that's really cool. You know, I actually met another guy who um, had a pretty similar story. Bus driver started a really big business. Uh, and, and it's just cool. Like when you, when you sit back and you're like, Hey, this is what, uh, you know, this isn't working. There's gotta be something more to this. But before you got into the air force and before you really caught the, the entrepreneurial bug, is that something that you thought you were going to do forever? Or like, excuse me, is that something you thought you were going to do? Like you saw yourself doing this? I was a punk ass teenager <laughs> you know if you'd ask anybody that went to school with me they probably thought i was going to end up in jail um you know the reason the reason i became a cop in the military is i i went to high school in uh in colorado inglewood colorado okay. cherry creek high school and the cops and they should have we were a bunch of punks would always mess mess with us and i'm like the only way you can argue a fight with a cop is to be a cop so at 18 <laughs> years old, it was actually, I signed up when I was 17. Said, let me go yeah. in, go in the military as an MP for four years. I'll great, gain some experience. I'll get out. I'll be 22 years old. Then I can join the police department. And then I can go back to that guy that was a jerk and tell him to go kiss my butt. Um, <laughs> but I ended up like in the military better than civilian life. So I stayed in. Yeah. How long were you in there? You were, oh, 20 years. You went the whole 20. Just just a shy of 21 years between both branches. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, what was that like uh, transferring branches? You know, it was kind of it was kind of interesting because at the time I transferred over. So from 1988 to 1998, I was an Army MP. I got out for two years. And then, mm. you know, I just I wasn't satisfied. I was missing something in life. And the Air Force at the time says, hey. You don't have to go back to basic training. You don't go to tech school. You can keep your rank. You can come right in the Air Force, the security forces, and we'll just OJT you on the job training, the difference between the Army and Air Force. I'm like, well, I still get to handcuff people. I get to still, you know, write tickets. I still drive a <laughs> patrol car. You know, it can't be that much different. 
So when I went to my first duty station, I saw my chief and I looked at him and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I know you're a sergeant major, but I don't know what the heck to call you. And he yeah. just shook his head and said army and turned around and walked <laughs> off on me. So it, it was pretty funny. So yeah, they, it was the first almost two weeks I was in the Air Force. I was in Spain clothes because I didn't get a clothing allowance to go buy uniforms. So oh, it, wow. <laughs> it, it was quite, quite hilarious. So no, but it, it, it was, it was awkward because like I wanted to be a canine handler. I wanted to be a dog handler. But when I went into yeah. the Air Force, I already had 10 years of service and I was already a sergeant. So when I tried to go canine and you had to get up to a five level and they said, you know, by the time we get you training, get you a dog, you'll be a E6 and you won't be working a dog anymore. So I couldn't be a canine handler in the Air Force. So I just stayed a typical cop. Most of my career, I did law enforcement. And uh, wow. or I was or I was the box. <laughs> That's crazy. And and for you coming out of the Air Force then and like as an MP, it did you didn't want to go back and be a police officer or you know at, at the end of the day in you know I was sick of dealing with dead bodies. I've I've had my share of those. I was mm-hmm. you know sick of dealing. You know when everybody else had run away from a situation, we were running into it. You see a car accident, you're stopping your car again. No one wants to see the blood and gore. And you, you were literally sometimes arm armpit deep in it. And uh, mm-hmm. just when I got out of the service, it was like I was, I just got re- newly married. My mm-hmm. wife was pregnant with our first child. And, uh, you know, I had kind of a, a, a really bad attitude toward just life in general, you know, after the main deployments mm-hmm. and everything else. You know, I don't want to make excuses, but I could be a jerk. And uh, well, I yeah, I, I mean, it's tough. I need to get out of it. I I needed to do something that would let me feel inside my heart and soul. Mm. And so that was what the entrepreneurial journey was for you, was allowing you to like let out that creative side that that might not have been you might not have been able to let go of, um, and really just start like giving back and in that way to help you heal. Well, absolutely. You know, in the military, as you go through phases, once you become a senior NCO, um, they they say you become a strategic thinker. You no longer think of your day-to-day duties. You start looking at the lot bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I think that really translates into business because, like, right now, we're already looking at spring, different products and everything else, and we got, you know, five inches of snow outside. When we're in <laughs> spring, I'm going to be looking at summer items. Um, so you're always looking so far ahead. So the, the thought processes that the military installed in me or instilled in me kind of goes hand in hand with business. I really do think so. Yeah, I think I think so. Well, and like I mentioned, um, you know, we were talking when I when we did your podcast together uh, and just before, you know, this that. Yeah, there I know a lot of like uh, military. Uh, retired military who go in and do that entrepreneur. In fact, I can think of like five off the top of my head because they're disciplined. I think that's the number one thing you need in, in entrepreneurship is discipline. Like I think, and and discipline to me is like doing the stuff you have to do because you know, you have to do it. And even though you might not want to do it kind of thing, (laughs) but, and, but, and that's, you know, what, what else is the the military besides being learning, how to learning discipline and learning to be disciplined. Right. And I can tell you this, you know, I've been, (laughs) I've been blessed. I'm, I'm 51 years old right now, and I've been pulling a retirement check for 10 years. 
Um, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so, so my, my house, my house payment, my car payment, stuff like that's all covered. So wow. I think that gives people like me a opportunity to maybe take risks that we would normally not take this late in the game because we mm. know, we know our, our, you know, our bread and beans are already covered that that isn't the issue. So it, it does give us some flexibility and do stuff. You know, I ended mm. up being a late dad. I had my first child at 41, my second child at 43. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I just really, I appreciate the time with my kids so darn much and being a, a parent now, because I don't think I would have been a great parent when I was younger. So, mm. you know, I, I, I just, like I said, I'm more blessed than I, I really deserve. I get all the time I want with my kids. I get time with my wife. I work with my wife most of the time. Um, right on. So no, this is this has been literally a storybook, <laughs> uh, you know. Tell. Yeah. So it's yeah. freaking awesome. I, I want to ask you a question. I know we got to wrap up soon, but I want to ask you a question about working with your wife. How do you guys set up those boundaries to work together? Uh, and maybe not bring work home or, or bring home She's the boss. Work. I'm the employee real simple. But. <laughs> That's easy. All right. <laughs> you know, she, and I love you, honey. If you hear this, um, <laughs> you know, she's not the most technical skilled person. She's not a computer guru. She, yeah, that, sure. that isn't her forte, but she has a amazing attention to detail in how she looks at things. So we both kind of have our lanes. We both market our company. We both talk about our company. But when it comes in, I do kind of the art side of it and get things done up and get them ready for production. She focuses a lot more on the production and delivery to customers. And so it's always worked really, really well for us. Mm. That's cool. And and so like bringing maybe like home problems to work or work problems to home, you guys don't really you guys don't really have an issue with that, you know? And like I said, this is my second marriage. I got it right. The second time. Um, <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You know, we, we really don't have that many issues anymore. I mean, sure, we, sure. we, we have our own lane. So, you know, uh, it, I like that. You did mention that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, there's other people. If I was married to them, I'd have a big issue working with them. <laughs> my wife is an absolute angel. She's probably, and I'm not saying this just because she's my wife. She's yeah. absolutely the sweetest person I've ever met in my life. And if she can put up with me, that should tell testaments to how sweet she is. So, <laughs> no, we we get along pretty good, and we That's we've cool. had issues at work, and usually one of us leaves for a little bit, and we come back down, and you know later it's sure. like, man, you're sure. being dumb, or you know you're you weren't doing this. We talk about it and the next day we're typically fine again. So no big issue. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, I, I like that. So so what I heard you say was, you know, kind of everybody has their own lane. And then when the issues arise, yeah, you just handle it. I mean, it kind of sounds corny, but you just handle it like adults, right? You just you go back and you, you talk about it and you're like, all right, yeah. I, I find that works like me and my wife work on some projects together, too. And and yeah, being able to like have that open communication and, and lose the ego when you're talking like that. Um I think that I think there's wonders for that. So yeah, that's a great point. Well, I know. I, look, I know you got a prime rib cooking. I do. I know it's New Year's. <laughs> so before we sign off, um, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, where they can find you, and uh, we'll we'll make sure we get that done. Well, guys, I, first of all, Dalton, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for coming over to the podcast that I did. You know, we we focus on small businesses and trying mm, to get the yes. word out, just like you. You know. 
you know, if people need to get a hold of me, it's utahlaserpro at gmail.com. Uh, pretty okay. simple. I'm I'm building the website now. I should have it something up by uh, Monday or Tuesday so people can go to. Um, otherwise, yeah. Wasatch Prints. You look up Print Shop, Fairfield, Utah will be the number one uh, print shop. So you can get you can get a hold of me through there um, or through Facebook. I mean, I'm pretty pretty easy to find. Oh, right on. Well, hey, thank you so much for for your time. I appreciate you being here, Scott. I appreciate you as well, sir. <laughs>